0: Welcome to the Faith Dialogue podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool, or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Welcome back. I'm Ken Baer of Faith Dialogue. We're in a sermon series called Unstoppable based on the New Testament book of the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, We're continuing today in chapter 14 uh, with Paul and Barnabas in Lystra. This is an area of Asia Minor, present-day Turkey, called Galatia. Paul and Barnabas had been sent on a journey, uh, what is called the first missionary journey, from Antioch, and had traveled to Antioch, uh, Poseida, then to Iconium, and now to Lystra. In both Antioch, Pesioda, and Iconium, they had preached the gospel, had initial success with both the Jews and the Gentiles, but then a number of the Jews became jealous, and they stirred up persecution. And, and quite frankly, Paul and Barnabas had to flee with their for their life. Uh, we also mention now that we're in chapter 14, that we're halfway through the book of Acts, and in the second half we'll be focusing almost exclusively on the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. Also, the past two weeks we've seen a pattern. That pattern in Paul's missionary journeys went like this. There was a response, followed by a rejection, and then a revival. And we'll see that pattern again today as we continue in chapter 14 of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. So let's begin reading today in verse 7 of chapter 14, and this is the New King James. I've had a few people ask me, what, Pastor, what, what Bible do you use? We're using the, the New King James, and typically we'll use that unless we say otherwise. Verse, 17, verse 7, and they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked." The motivation for Paul and Barnabas in traveling to this remote destination and preaching Jesus, it's what's called the, the Great Commission. It's, it's the, what they were following. In fact, the Great Commission is what we follow too. That's to bring the Gospel to, to every nation. And, and, and teach them to observe all the things that Jesus had spoken and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, looking back, uh, we see that through the promise made to Abraham, God said that all of the nations of the earth would be blessed. Uh, and so we see that the salvation of the Gentiles was promised by God. And we see in these verses that it also is something that was, was planned was empowered and was executed by God. We read these passages and become witnesses of the power, the creativity, and the variety of the ways that God brings about the opportunities to seek and to save that which is lost. You know, all too often we we look at these these miracles and we only see them one-dimensionally. God brings about the opportunities um, for the restoration of sight, of hearing, of mobility, and not understanding that God purposed also to bring the gospel to these Gentiles in order to, to build the church, we, we miss it. You know, there are some today that feel that God is, is no longer in the miracle-working business, and, that, and that's unfortunate. Uh, the Bible tells us clearly that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is still interested in not only extending his, his mercy and grace and answering prayers now for healing, uh, but he's still reaching the, the Gentiles. And we see particularly that, that these signs and wonders, these, these miracles that we see in the book of Acts, are experienced uh, presently around the globe where, where Christianity uh, is underrepresented. In the Muslims countries, in the um, animist c- countries, the, the 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 places on the earth where the gospel uh, still needs to be reached. Recently, the Christian Post reported that Jesus is appearing to Muslims all over uh, the Middle Eastern world. In China, for the church to survive, it had to go underground. And a pastor reports, and I quote, that the things we read of in the book of Acts, this very book, God is still doing today. So let's take a look at the passage for today, and it begins very simply. It says, and they were preaching the gospel there, and in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. You know, notice again this, this, this passage begins simply by saying they were, they were preaching the gospel there. While we see many of the miracles at the hands of the Apostles in the Acts of the Apostles, they came to preach healing is is temporal healing is is earthy it's it's something that is seen and and can be touched the gospel however is eternal its fullness is in the heavens not on the earth and it's it's not seen it's the unseen and the apostle paul in his second letter to the corinthians says this he says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but that which is unseen is is eternal that's second corinthians chapter 4 verse uh, verse 18 you know the scripture tells us that in lystra there was a man that had never walked he was he was sitting obviously listening to to paul and barnabas and that he had been a cripple now the bible uses that word and i'm not sure how today we would describe somebody exactly in that condition I've been told that to use the word handicap is derogatory. Also, even to use the word um, uh, disabled uh, can also be considered derogatory. Um, I read that we should use what's called people-first language in the 21st century, and I, and I think that's, that's good. I'm sure we can do that. We would say in Leicester a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a person with disabilities and unable to walk, and he was that way since birth. You know, Paul is going to do much more, however, for this man than just use politically correct language. Let's continue. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Uh, So what did the man hear Paul speak of? Well, since it's the Apostle Paul, we can assume that Paul is talking about Jesus. No doubt Paul could be speaking of the miracles of Jesus that demonstrates that Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of God. It could be that Paul is speaking of his own temporary blindness on the road to Damascus and how Ananias touched his eyes and Paul regained his sight. In any case, Paul observed, and the, and the scripture says that Paul noticed that had, the man had the faith to be healed. Now we're not sure exactly what it was about this man or this man's faith that that Paul noticed. Perhaps it was just the gift of discernment. I kind of lean that way. The Spirit of the Lord said that God would would heal this man and Paul reacted. This is actually consistent with the connection between faith and healing. In, In the ministry of Jesus it was reported in the Gospel of Matthew Uh, chapter 9 that there was a woman with an issue of blood perhaps you remember the story and she had had this issue for for 12 long years Uh, let me read to you from this Matthew Matthew chapter 9 verses 20 to 22 and we'll see this connection between faith and healing verse 20 says and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his that's Jesus garment For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now, this is not to say that people that are not healed lack faith. Nor is it to say that if we had more faith, we would see more healings. You know, God is the, the only one that's, that's omnipotent. It's one of His characteristics, and nobody else is, is omnipotent. Omnipotent refers to that God is the only one that has unlimited power. He is able to do, to, to do anything. And, and God is also the one that is fully omniscient, having unlimited uh, awareness, knowledge, and, and understanding. However, God works His miracles... His his miracle-working power through His servants, people like like you and me. Now faith is an important part, but it's God that is essential. So let's continue. It says, Paul, observing Him intently and seeing that she had the faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up, straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Uh, The Apostle Paul had discerned the condition of the man, the faith of the man, and the desire of the Lord to, to heal this man. Therefore, he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. You know, I've, I've seen more than a few counterfeit miracles. And typically, they, they also begin with the miracle worker, so, so-called miracle worker, saying or shouting something. Be healed! Stand up! Uh, be loosed! Uh, something that, that sounds like something that the apostle paul would be saying but but here's the thing the volume of what paul said or what you say has has nothing to do with with the miracle again people don't work miracles there's no miracle workers god is the one that works miracles through his servants god's servants now before we talk about the reaction of the people uh, after they see this miracle notice the man who had never walked was leaping. I'm going to focus on that word for just a second. You know, I've been fortunate for my entire life to have have very good health. Um, I have two arms that work. I have two legs that work. I'm able to, to go where I want to go. Everything is actually function pretty, pretty well. However, I can tell you there was a time when I when I broke my leg. And it was it was pretty painful. They took me by ambulance to the hospital and the doctor, of course, gave me some painkillers. They put a couple pins in my leg and they they put it in a cast. After about six to, to eight weeks, I went to the doctor's office. They they took the cast off and the doctor said, "Okay, now now walk. And I, I took a few halting steps, and I was able to walk from one end of the doctor's office to the back, and then come back again. And the doctor said, y- "You've done very well. You do. You're doing much better than most people." Uh, it was. It was a matter of actually a few months, however, before I really start feeling comfortable. There was no way when that cast had taken off that I could leap. Uh, my muscles were not able to do that. It took. It took months for me to get to even 80 to 90% of where I was before. Now, this man in Lystra had, had never walked. He was lame, meaning that his muscles were not even capable of, of functioning. Walking and leaping is a, is a learned skill. The ability to walk is actually what we call muscle memory. People train, people that have a stroke and, and have to relearn how to walk. They have to, to build that muscle memory so that the legs cooperate and the man is, you're able to walk. Uh, Muscle atrophy also sets in. Muscle atrophy is a term that's used to to describe the loss of muscle tissue. Atrophied muscles are noticeably smaller than normal. They're not capable often of being able to provide the support that a muscle is designed to support. And this is the nature of healing. When God heals, God changes all of that. He heals everything, and, when, and this type of healing, we want to think of God's creative power rather than a, a restoration. Uh, you know, just as God had spoken the sun and the moon, the planets, all the trees, the flowering bushes, uh, the plants, the birds of the sky, the animals of the forest, I'm, I'm paraphrasing chapter 1 of Genesis. Um, God is using his creative abilities to heal this man in Lystra. The muscles, the muscle memory, the ability to leap, to walk, and to function. These, these miracles, many of these miracles of Jesus are, are creation minist- uh, miracles. They're called um, ex, nihilo, ex nihilo. It's a Latin term meaning coming from nothing. You know, Jesus performed many miracles uh, according to people that have counted. There's 37 healing, minister- healing miracles uh, in, the, in the Bible. I've never counted them myself. Uh, you know, but this is the thing: there, there. Many of them are are creative, especially things like, like being able to to see. If someone is born blind, they're missing the necessary tissue, uh, the nerve endings, likely a cornea or a pulp, a, a pupil, uh, that function together. They all work together, enabling somebody to be able to see. When Jesus healed a blind man, and there are three occasions in the Gospels of Jesus healing blind men, uh, these missing and necessary tissues are, are created. Let's continue, and we'll see what the reaction of these Gentiles are in, in Lystra. It says, Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Laodicean language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice to the multitudes." You know, this is a very interesting and actually quite a a humorous passage. These Greeks in Lystra believe that Paul and Barnabas are Greek gods. The man is healed, a man they all knew likely for years. He had been lame since birth. And now he's a man that's healed and is leaping, but there's no longer any mention of the man. The people instead turn their attention to to Paul and Barnabas. And and they decide that they are not only miracle workers, uh, but they're gods. You know, I mentioned before, all too often we look at at miracles one-dimensionally. However, everything that God does is to bring glory back to him. The Gospel in John says, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made." Uh, The miracles recorded in the New Testament all provided a, a testimony to Jesus' identity as the second person of the Godhead, the source of eternal life, the Savior, as well as the Creator. Now now, why is this important? Well, because many of the times uh, Jesus, um, many at the time of Jesus, uh, who haven't claimed to know God, uh, they, they truly didn't know God. Many people said they knew God, but Jesus said, "No, you don't know God." In the Gospel of John, for example, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and the rest of the Jews who were quite upset with what Jesus was saying, uh, they claimed they were all Abraham's descendants and because they were Abraham's descendants and knew God, uh, they didn't need to be set free from sin. However, Jesus replied very strongly. He said, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, That's that's the key here. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I obey his word. You know, Jesus said that these, these Jews, these descendants of Abraham, really didn't even know God. The, the people of Israel, however, at this time uh, had come a long way. They had really cleaned up their act. If you remember the history of the people of Israel, um, it, was, uh, it Ill- illustrates their long affair, their long connection with idolatry. Moses led them out of Egypt, brought brought them to Mount Sinai, went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. While he was gone, less than 40 days, uh, Aaron fashioned a golden calf and said to the people of Israel, Behold, Israel, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. In the Ten Commandments, the longest commandment is the second which speaks specifically of idolatry it says you shall not make for yourself a, a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water below you shall not bound to them or serve them for the Lord your God is a jealous God visiting the iniquity of your fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love To the thousands who love me and keep my commandments and that's in exodus chapter 20 verse 4 the lord said prophet after prophet to the people of israel but they continued for over a thousand years to worship the gods of the canaanites the babylonians the egyptians the philistines and the moabites as well as a, a host of others the prophets warned them of their idolatry, which God saw as, as adultery, and, and Jerusalem the, uh, as a, an adulterous wife. As a result, the people of Judah were defeated and taken captive by Babylon. When they returned, the Jews, like I said, they, they cleaned up their act. They successfully turned away from the gods of gold and silver and wood, and, and they became a people, a unique people that were known to serve the God, Of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Their religious sacrifices, their rituals, their feasts and prayers were punctuated weekly by an observance of the Sabbath, a day of rest that honored the God that they said was above all gods. This was the God that the Jewish people claimed to know, the God that Jesus said he knew and that brought glory to Jesus through the miracles. The, the teachings and ultimately through the resurrection of Jesus after he was crucified all brought glory to this God. Now, these Greeks in Lystra, however, uh, didn't know this God. They didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were, they were pagans. Uh, they believed in many gods. Uh, they, they called this, uh, this amazing miracle. They called, when they saw this amazing miracle happening before, before their eyes, uh, they had to filter it through their concept of, of gods. And it made them quickly identify uh, Paul and Barnabas as two of the gods who had, who had visited them. And now uh, there's good reason for this. Barnabas they called Zeus, who was the chief god. And they called Barnabas Zeus most likely because he was older than, than Paul. They called Paul Hermes. And Hermes was the Greek god that was said to be a, a messenger. As Paul was the chief speaker, he must be Hermes. Now, in Greek mythology... It was not uncommon for the gods to, to come down to earth. However, when they came down, they usually created mischief. Uh, the Greek gods were not, not friendly gods. Now, there's an interesting legend that I, that I found uh, that was known to these people of Lystra that said that Zeus and Hermes, these two characters, visited their land disguised as mortals. And, and no one gave them any hospitality except one older couple. This angered... Zeus and Hermes, and they wiped out the whole city, except for the old couple. Now, this, may, this legend may explain why these people of Lystra were so quick to honor Paul and Barnabas. As I said, this passage would be humorous if it wasn't being such an insult to the glory of God in front of the servants of God, Paul and, and Barnabas. Now, the passage concludes. It says, Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple... Was in front of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice uh, to the mul- with the multitudes. Now, the purpose of these miracles, uh, not only to show is not only to show God's mercy and loving kindness towards this poor man uh, who was lame since birth, but to bring glory to the one and only true God, to bring these Gentiles into a, to a relationship with the one true God. Um, and also to identify is Jesus who is the son of God that came and died on a cross for the sin of the world but instead this local priest of Zeus goes and gets an ox and is getting ready to decorate the ox with flowers in order to kill it to appease the greek gods <laughs> it's funny really somebody gets healed okay let's go go kill an animal before the gods kill us now we'll see next week the reaction of Paul and Barnabas and the continuing pattern that we saw in the book of Acts of response, rejection, and revival. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you today for this this wonderful story of Paul. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Bear, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of faith dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.